welcome to Ducks and Pucks podcast. This is the first one that we'll be doing. Uh, this is your founder and host, Mike Walters, along with my co-host, Eddie Jones. We're going to talk about the recent moves with the Ducks. And uh, first up, we're going to talk about Ryan Kessler. Uh, Eddie, what do you think as far as the Ducks getting this guy? This is the guy that we all anticipated and everybody was dying to get. The Ducks have him. And where do we go with Kessler? Yeah, you know, I think for what we ended up getting him for, it, it's not, you know, the, the offer that was on the table that was rumored to be before is around Botnin, you know, Raquel and a first-round pick. And it was probably the top 10 pick at the trade deadline. And, and you know, we waited on him. We got him in the draft. And we got him for arguably a lot better deal that, you know, some fans are saying is not really favorable in the Ducks' way. You know, we gave up Bernino, fan favorite. But I think in the end, you know, Bernino was going to play second-line center. And the fact that we give up Spiza, you know, who's kind of worked his way out of the lineup, and the 24th pick, you know, that we don't really need, bringing a true second-line center, you know, it's it's definitely a good trade for the Ducks. What do you think about his uh, injury history? You know, uh, a couple years back he had shoulder uh, issues, wrist injuries. I know some people point at that and think, hey, yeah, we got this guy, but, you know, is Kessler a wounded warrior, or do you think he'll be back to the beast mode that he was in? Yeah, you know, I think when you look at his injury history, it's the fact that he almost missed a full season that, you know, the people were worried about him two years ago. But if you look at his track record, he's mostly played at least 80 games in all of his seasons except for two. So I, I don't see it being a huge problem w- with his injuries. You know, if he if he can come back and, you know, he's got less pressure than he did in Vancouver. So, But, you know, he's going to be physical, but I think he can stay healthy for most of the season. And if he does, then he can put up at least 50 points. Yeah, and speaking about that, I mean, not only is he going to help on the second line, but, you know, he's going to be on the power play unit. Um, you know, some people are, are talking about it and just trying to see if he'd be on the first or second line. I mean, either way, he's going to help. But I, I could see him on the first line taking the center draws. You have Getzloff on there, Perry on there. Now you got the big three. Um, it's going to help. You know, he led the, led the Vancouver team with uh, nine power play goals last year. Yeah, yeah, I could see him. Yeah, you know, it's going to be – interesting to see what they do on the power play because Getzloff, you know, he's, he's struggled in the faceoffs on the power play and Kessler obviously comes in with a huge upgrade on center. Uh, if they decide to start off with Kessler, Getzloff, and Perry on the same power play, I could see Getzloff probably centering, uh, being on the point with Kessler centering, you know, Fowler on there with Perry and then whoever they decide else to put on the wing. Um, and if they decide that doesn't really work out, Kessler will go down to the second line and center the second line power play with uh, Getzloff on the first one. So I don't really see it being a, a huge issue. He'll obviously be a spark to the power play. You know, he's coming from a, a Canucks team last year who he had a lot of pressure on his shoulders. You know, they were the, the lowest scoring team in the West. Uh, so I, I expect his numbers to rise and I expect him to, you know, spark a power play that really struggled last year. Definitely. And, you know, the Ducks, they not only added Kessler at center, but they went out and got Nate Thompson, which, you know, some people, again, were like, okay, we got this guy. How does he fit in? You've got Getzloff at the first line center, Kessler on the second line. Now you've got Thompson. Where do you think he fits in? Third line center, fourth line center? Um, I think he's really a true fourth line center, uh, you know, with Perot going out, Benino going out. You know, he kind of... He kind of comes in at a, a bad time, you know, in the eyes of fans. It's not like anybody, you know, was harsh to him coming in. It's just he comes in and two got two, two relatively fan favorite players go out. So you know, he I think he gets in in the Rob Niedermeyer kind of role. You know, he puts up 15, 25 points. Uh, he definitely helps the faceoffs that we you know we were dreadful with last year. 
So he's not he's not going to come in. He's not going to you know he's not going to be flashy, but he's going to get the little things done. He's going to be on the penalty kill. You know he's gonna he's gonna add some grit, some you know get win those faceoffs, and yeah, he's gonna be a great addition. Yeah, you know, and he did pretty well in the faceoffs last year. I mean, he was fifty point nine percent during the regular season, and in that series that they got swept uh, by Montreal, you know, he was sixty two and a half percent. So you know, taking off the faceoff issue, which you know is why the the Kings uh, really won that series against us. They almost won you know fifty more faceoffs than we did. I mean, I think, you know, putting Kessler and Thompson in the center spot, you know, it's going to make us uh, have a better chance against whoever we play in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's I, he, he's going to, you know, come in and, and replace uh, Benino, which is, you know, a, a struggle. But I don't really think, you know, when Benino goes to Vancouver, as much as I love Benino when he was here, I don't think he's going to put up 50 points again in Vancouver. There's going to be too much pressure in the system. So he kind of comes in in that role we needed. We didn't need to rotate centers continuously. We want guys who are going to be in that role for, you know, majority, the majority of the season, 60 plus games. We don't want to be swapping guys around. You know, we want them set in at a role where they can play that role for the whole season. Definitely. And, you know, uh, Bob Murray went out too and got Clayton Stoner as well to add to the defense. And, and this was another move that some people looked at and go, okay, well, what, to deal with this guy but if you look at stoner you know he he's uh the allen 2.0 that some people have talked about yeah he definitely he comes in he brings that you know that grit and he's he's uh, four years younger than allen so he's he's got a little more kick in him you know he's gonna he's not gonna be that guy who's gonna come and he's gonna you know put up 30 points he's gonna he's gonna contribute he's gonna put in you know five ten points in the whole season uh 15 if we're lucky but you know that's not what he's in here for he's in here to you know bring some grit knock some pucks loose, you know, and he's been working on getting the puck up the ice and finding the pass too. So he's, he's developing his game. He's going to come in. He's going to make a, he's going to make a solid impact that, you know, not many people notice, but it's going to be a significant impact nonetheless. Well, you know, the other thing that the ducks have to address is, you know, uh, they have George Peros that was, that's left and they don't really have, you know, an enforcer, not saying that stoner is going to come in and be exactly what Peros is. Of course not. But, at least you have a guy now on the D that is going to stand up, you know, for the other players. If if, if someone takes a run at somebody, uh, you know, when the puck gets put in the corner, he's going to go in those nasty corners and scrums and get the puck out and try and stop, you know, the other team's uh, momentum and forecheck. Yeah, you know, I really fell on Maroon's shoulders to do that last year. He was like the only guy, you know, you know, it's not that anybody else can fight. You know, Getzlaff and Perry have shown they can fight, but you know, those aren't the guys you want in the box of five minutes in a game. So, from, you know, Maroon showed that, you know, Jackman, when he broke in the lineup, he did that. But it'll be nice to have two guys that are in the lineup that should be in the lineup for most of the season, being able to get out there, you know. And, and the other teams should notice when they're out there. They, those are the type of guys you want. When other teams notice that they're out there because, you know, they're big guys, you know, you don't want to get on the wrong end of a hit from them. So, you know, he's definitely going to be a great addition to the Ducks. You know, it's a good point, like you said. Like, you uh other players on the Ducks obviously can fight, but like you mentioned, we don't want Getzloff getting in a fight like what happened in Dallas, where he gets knocked out for a game, you know, because he gets in a couple uh, scrums. Obviously, he didn't start him; he had to defend himself. But um, you know, it's definitely gonna take pressure and and let the star players focus on scoring and passing and those things that they need to do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I you know I it's uh it's something we've needed, and I don't see him you know putting coming in the top four but you know he'll be a bottom six guy he'll probably play with uh you know Votnin or, or Lovejoy and you know like you said it's gonna take a lot of pressure off uh, Getzlaff to get in those physical areas you know he's got guys looking out for him now and 
you know, it'll, it'll be interesting to see how Stoner fits in. Definitely. And, you know, the recent signing of um, Danny Heatley uh, at left wing position, uh, you know, again, some people question this move by Murray and, you know, I don't, I think it's a bargain deal. It's, it's one year, 1 million. Um, what do you think about Heatley and where he fits in? Yeah. I, for the prices that people were going for in free agency, I think, you know, a form two time 50 goal scorer, you know, former obviously, but getting him for 1 million at one year is, is not even really low risk. It's almost no risk because, it's not like we're pressed against the cap and, you know, it's not like, yeah, he's, I've heard things that he's been controversial in the past. Obviously, Heatley has, you know, he hasn't been the best role model, but it's not like, you know, I, I don't see it being a huge problem. And when we can bring in a guy who's, who's only had one seventy plus game season without scoring 50 points, you know, and that was last year and he stays relatively healthy, I, I don't see how people are saying it's such a bad addition. You know, Heatley kind of brings this, trail of you know controversy with them that i don't really see being a factor you know he he'll come in he'll he'll be that veteran guy since quiver and solani left and uh you know he'll he could put up 40 50 points you know i don't see it being i don't see why it's such an issue with some fans yeah definitely i mean and um the other side of it is there's more options you know say heatley does go on the first line with Perry and Getzloff, and it doesn't work out. Well, there's still, you know, you can put them on the second line with Kessler or the third or fourth line. I mean, there's still options that can go with that guy, and the Ducks not having many left-wingers, you know, it's going to help out. Yeah, and he took a lot of uh, heat for not performing with Parise last year. But, like, you got to give guys some slack sometimes. Like, he's had one, like, really bad season. And, like, Parise's not a true center, and even, like, you know, he they're playing – technically in the same position they both like to play in the left wing and he moved around the lineup and he didn't play with Parise for most of the season like he played with Nino Niederreiter and Charlie Coyle for most of the season two rookies you know so if he comes in and plays with uh, Getzlaff and Perry you know I think they should give him a shot on the first line to start you know they're familiar with each other from the world championships they've played on Team Canada together I think it'll be a good uh, addition I think you know he'll work well with Getzlaff Getzlaff is notoriously known for wanting to pass first, and you know the, you put two big guys you can shoot on either side of him. I don't see what's wrong with it. Yeah, I agree completely. You know, and then uh, what some of the worries with uh, some of the fans is the youth. You know, Edom, uh, Devonte Smith, Pelly, Ricardo Kell. You know, where do these guys fit in? You know, uh, Salani's retiring. Uh, Koivu, we don't know. He could end up in Minnesota with his brother, or he could be retired or somewhere else. We don't know, but we know that you know these are some guys that are gone. And some of the fans think, well, Heatley's going to take a spot. So w- what happens to the young uh, guns on the team? Um, I don't really think Heatley comes in and takes, uh, like a lot of people are saying he's going to take Edom's spot. He's going to take uh, Devontae Smith-Pelly's spot. You know, I, I see if this kind this move kind of, you know, spells the end or the you know puts to bed the rumors that Raquel's going to take that third-line center role. Because if you know you put up a lineup, uh, he doesn't really fit in then. Unless uh, somebody's being traded, then that's the only way I could see Raquel fitting in the lineup. Most likely, Cogliano's going to go play that third line center role, like he was a center in uh, Edmonton. We've been playing him on the left wing, so I see uh, Raquel, you know, probably dropping to AHL for most of the season, uh, making some appearances here and there with injuries. But you know, Edom's probably going to slot in the lineup. Uh, DSP's going to move around the lineup. I don't. Really, I see those guys starting in the NHL, and I just see. Raquel being the uh, unfortunate one man out. Yeah, I tend to agree with you on that one. It looks like, you know, the center position might be pretty solid. Getzloff, first line. Kessler, second. Cognato going back to his natural position in the third. And Thompson in the fourth line. 
Um, you know, speaking about the lineups, one of the other questions is, is who goes on the first line with the twins? You know, um, there were so many players last year, Solani, uh, Silverberg, Palmieri, DSP, Bolesky. And I mean, we can go on and on and on about all these players that were on there. Um, but I think just my preference, I, I liked DSP on that front line. I mean, he led the team with five goals in the playoffs, you know, also Bolesky. Even though he got injured, he had two goals and two assists in the playoffs. So I like both of those guys as options if Heatley isn't the guy for the first line. Yeah, it's it's really a revolving door on the first line. Like, uh, It's been Heatley who's been rumored to be in there. You know, Maroon could step in there. He played there last year. Belaski could play there. Uh, but, you know, I like I think the two best options are are Heatley and DSP, you know, giving those guys a shot. You know, Boudreaux always going to be moving guys around. He's going to, you know, find the best fit for the first line. But, yeah, I think DSP might be a good option. He, he led Norfolk with, in goals last year. Uh, he had a great playoffs. You know, he's shown improvement in his offensive game. But you need that big guy who's going to crash the net uh, on the first line to play with uh, Getzel from Perry. You know, to Penner showed that when he played here. He had inflated numbers. Uh you know, uh, Maroon started putting some goals in the net when he crashed the net. So I, I really see DSP or Healy starting on the first line. But, you know, I wouldn't be surprised to see Bolesky or, or Maroon crack that uh, first line as well. Yeah, and, and you know, if if that's the first line, you know, if you throw Heatley on there, uh, Maroon, DSP, Bolesky, whichever one of those four that they figure out, I, I think what you would do then is you'd put probably uh, Maroon on the second line with Kessler and maybe Heatley if you go with, say, DSP or Bolesky on that first line. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think, you know, Paul Mary might be a surprise on the second line, too. Uh, I could see him really fitting with Kessler. Uh, for have heard Silverberg thrown around, although I could really see Silverberg on the fourth, I mean, the third line. But, yeah, I think, uh, you know, Kessler needs, it's, it's going to be kind of similar to the first line. You want some guys with size who have a scoring touch. So, yeah, definitely putting Healy if uh, DSP makes that first line with Kessler on there, maybe with uh, you know Paul Mary Silverberg on the other side. Uh, but yeah, that's why I really think the the second line is going to have some more size to to you know complement the first line. Definitely, and then I, you know for me, I think you you drop down on the fourth line. Uh, you got Thompson on there, and I think whoever you're not going to put on those first two lines, then you would just default down to the fourth line, whether it's Bolesky. Uh, and Edom maybe, or Bolesky and Palmieri, something like that. We've seen some of those kind of combinations last year. Yeah, somebody's going to have to take the hit for sure because I see Nate Thompson, probably Matt Bolesky going to be on that fourth line. You know, they're good grinding guys. And then I really think, you know, if DSP doesn't pan out, he might be dropping to that fourth line. He's a guy with size or even Palmieri. Palmieri's found time on the fourth line, you know, in his years in Anaheim. So, uh, you know, it's going to be one of those guys who probably gets down there, maybe Emerson Edom if uh, – if he doesn't, uh, you know, do too well on the third line, but uh, yeah, it's going to be one of those right wing guys who gets put down there. I really see, you know, Bolesky and Thompson being the mainstays on the fourth line for most of the year, but you know, I wouldn't be surprised to see, uh, you know, uh, Jackman maybe come up during injury play that fourth line. But yeah, it's definitely Nate Thompson, Bolesky are going to be mainstays down there. All right, talking about all the uh, the lineups, you know, we're going through uh, as far as the forwards and the centers. But we also got to figure out what's going on with the goalie position. I mean, obviously, you know, we trade Victor Foss. We get two draft picks. Um, Hiller we let walk in the offseason. And so now we're, we've got Gibson and Anderson, and the debate's going on. Um, in our recent fan poll that we had on the blog, it looks like most people uh, are going with Anderson. You know, I, I don't really uh, think either one uh, is any better than the other. I, I Me personally, I kind of 
he did better in the seven games that he played. Granted, it was seven games, you know, and Anderson played uh, 30 plus. Um, but what are your thoughts on who starts? Um, I really see Anderson and LaBarbera starting, and that's not to take anything away from uh, from John Gibson. It's just the fact that you know Anderson's on a one way, uh, LaBarbera's on a one way, and Gibson's the only goal in a two way. So you know, unless they start LaBarbera in the AHL to start the season and have Anderson and Gibson as the one two. But you know, then you got the problems. Is if uh, one of them goes down, you got to bring LaBarbera up from the AHL. He's got to go through waivers. If somebody actually decides to sign him, you've got a hole in that goalie spot. Then Bobkov's got to come up. You know, I really don't see Gibson starting in the in the NHL as much as I'd like to see him start. I see Anderson being you know the number one, LaBarbera being number two, and, and Gibson having another year in the uh, in the uh, AHL. And then once. Uh, LaBarbera moves on at the end of the season, then Gibson comes up next season he starts in the NHL. But yeah, I don't really see, uh, as much as I'd love to, Gibson starting in the NHL. It's most likely going to be Anderson. And what do you think about Anderson as far as his knee injury? Remember he had that in Game 3 uh, against the Kings, he went out. you think he'll be healthy and ready to go for next season? Yeah, I haven't really heard um, anything you know, bad to comment on it. I really think he'll, he'll start... Um, I, uh, I I haven't heard much news on it, so it's hard to comment on it. But, uh, you know, I really see him being ready for next season. And um, I'm hoping he can put up some the same numbers uh, that he had last year in a full season. Definitely, definitely. I hope he's healthy on the offseason and he should be good to go. Uh, also, looking at the Ducks, let's look at the defense a little bit, too. Um, you know, we've got uh, Fowler looking to uh, continue another great season. You know, last year he had six goals, uh, 30 assists. 36 points. Um, is that something you see him continuing to do next year and, and moving forward? Yeah, I hope so. Yeah. You know, I've always been a fan of Cam Fowler since he came through the draft. Uh, you know, he's had he's he's had trouble living up to those high expectations from the draft. You know, he was ranked as the uh, the third uh, highest North American player in in the draft. You know, only behind uh, Tyler Sagan and uh, Taylor Hall. So. Uh, you know he's put up he put up really good numbers in his uh, rookie year. You know he kind of slumped off, put up 29 points after that. You know yeah he, uh, he had 11 points in an injury or in the uh, shortened season. Um, he put up 36 again last year. So I think he's just got to you know put some consistency in his game. You know put up 35 points, 40 points every season, and you know he just got to start to develop his defense. You know he's gotten better in his own end, and if he can if he can work on both ends of the game, he could you know be we can come close to us, how Scott Niedermeyer's impact was on Anaheim. Yeah, you know, the only thing I, I see for him to work on is really just the defensive game. You know, he's he's more of the puck possession guy, quarterback on the power play, uh, good passer. Um, you know, obviously 36 points, that's that's pretty decent. You know, it's pretty good for a, a defenseman. But I, I the only question to me, I think this is probably and uh, Murray got a stoner type uh, defenseman. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely why uh, Stoner's coming in to take some of the defensive pressure off them because, you know, Surrey was the guy we brought in to do that last year. You know, he suffered with injuries. So Brian Allen came up, and he did, you know, he did all right. But I think Stoner will come in and, you know, he'll relieve a lot of that defensive pressure and it'll allow Cam Fowler to work on his defensive game a lot better. You know, and it's, it's hard to compare a defenseman, especially in Anaheim, to Scott Niedemeyer. But uh, I think, you know, his numbers aren't that far off if he can put up 40, you know, 40 points a season. We don't need him to come in, put up 70. You know, I wouldn't be opposed to it if he did. But, you know, I, if he if he can put up those consistent numbers, you know, be good in his own end, uh, I, I, you know, I, he could be considered for a Norris eventually. 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, he has gotten better and better each year. Um, you know, and, and speaking of the defense, the, the lineups, the kind of the way we talked about the offense, forwards and whatnot on the defense, I kind of have the matchups as uh, Beauchemin with Lindholm. I see Stoner and Botman uh, probably paired up and Fowler and Lovejoy, which would leave uh, Allen on the outside. Uh, what are your thoughts on the defensive pairings? Yeah, I really think Allen gets moved. You know, I wrote an article on how Allen should be traded because he, you know, he's uh, he's too good to be in that seventh role. And not to say that I he's uh, you know too good that he's good enough to break our lineup. I really think Stoner takes his permanent spot in the lineup. And you know, Fistrick's always been that seven guy for us. You know, he'll play in the minus. He'll come up and fill a role. So I think Allen, you know, he might get moved in a package. He probably most likely will get moved for picks, you know, low third round pick, you know, fourth round pick from a team. And, uh, you know, he's a cap dump for us. Hopefully, you know, free up some more cap, uh, sign our the RFAs we still have left to sign. Uh, yeah, I really don't see him being in Anaheim next season or if he starts the season by the trade deadline. Yeah, you think that um, Murray's probably done with the free agency now. Oh, yeah, but, for sure. Know, yeah, for sure. But I think, you know, that there could still be a trade on the horizon, like you said. If not, you know, in July or August, maybe, like you said, before the deadline. Um, because it seems like the Ducks, going through all the players we've talked about, they've improved, you know, the winger spot, the center, goalie depth, uh, a little bit on the defense. But, but that kind of seems to be the last area that we really need to, you know, uh, shore up is the uh, defense. Yeah, a lot of people are looking for that Chris Pronger type of player we brought in, you know, for the Stanley Cup run in 07. Uh, I, I don't really think that's available right now, uh, especially unless we're willing to give up, you know, a Raquel or, you know, a package, some of the youth players we have. And, you know, a lot of people are going to be opposed to that. It has to be the right guy. You know, I don't think it's a, a Mike Green type of player that we've been linked to. I, I think it's, a, you know, a true defensive guy who can chip in points, you know, 20-point guy. And who's just really saying, you know, um, when Josh Georges was rooming out there, I wouldn't have been opposed to Josh Georges coming over from Montreal uh, for, you know, I. but he ended up going to Buffalo. It's just a guy like that, you know, you know, a Chris Pronger type of player. You know, Chris Pronger is obviously an elite defenseman, but we need that top four kind of guy who can come in here. And then I guess if uh, he comes, if we get something like that, we have to move two guys out because obviously Allen's on his way out. I think a guy like Lovejoy would, you know, or Vaughton might be a, guys who would get the boot if we actually make a trade and you know as much as i love those guys if it, it would have to be the right player we would have to bring in definitely i mean i we don't want to trade you know uh if we do do a trade of two players we don't want to give up a young guy for just another you know maybe you know top five or six defenseman that would just be you know silly i mean we it would have to be like you said the right player someone that would fit in the top four yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, the, speaking of the youth coming through, uh, a lot of guys I'm uh, interested to see starting the AHL this season, especially uh, Nick Cardillis and William Carlson. You know, they'll be having full seasons this year after playing, you know, in the NCAA for Cardillis and in the Swedish Elite League for William Carlson. So I, I really want to see uh, Nick Cardillis crack the roster this year. You know, I hope he uh, can kind of play a Raquel role in the fact that he comes in and plays, uh, you know, 15, 20 games uh, in case injury. You know, I really like to see uh, William Carlson have a strong season in the AHL as well. You know, and on that too, I'd like to see Richie. I mean, that guy, uh, watching his uh, YouTube highlights, uh, he, you know, he's a beast and he's somebody that, uh, you know, he, he might not crack the lineup this year, but but say uh, Heatley doesn't work out, uh, Richie comes up next year, maybe he plays with the Twins next year on the first line. Yeah, I really see him uh, being the same kind of surprise Cam Fowler was because a lot of people, including the coach at the time, they didn't really think he was going to crack the roster right away or the next season. He he surprised everybody. He he came in 
pretty quickly for you know what he worked on a lot of things and and it's not like Nick Ritchie has to work on a lot of things to be NHL ready like he's got an NHL ready shot his skating is really good he, you know he's just got to take off some of the baby fat we've heard that you know uh, Murray, Bob Murray came out and said that you know he said he's got to take off the baby fat you know shave off a few pounds get his uh, you know body fat percentage down and I think you know I wouldn't be surprised if he started next season uh, he's going to go down to Peterborough he's going to have a great season with Peterborough and then, you know, if he comes up and he can uh, play on the first line next year with Getzlaff and Perry, that would be uh, probably everybody's ideal situation. I don't know if it's going to happen, but, you know, that's why Heatley for one year is, uh, is is good in that situation because, you know, they obviously are showing, uh, you know, some confidence in how, Nick, uh, how Richie will be ready for next season. Yeah, definitely. I mean, if you look at the uh, farm system too, ESPN released a ranking and the Ducks are third uh, in the league in the farm system. So, um the next couple of years, for sure, I would say, you know, the next five, even 10 years, you know, the future is looking really, really good for the Ducks because we've maintained, you know, uh, Murray's been smart about the money. Uh, we're about $12 million under the cap right now still. Um, he's kept it that way. And at the same time, he hasn't really sacrificed any of the youth. You know, we, we didn't sacrifice really anything in the Kessler trade when other names were mentioned like Edom and DSP and other players of that nature. So I think that the youth that's coming up this season with the, the Maroons, the DSPs that are going to play is going to be exciting. But like you mentioned, the other uh, players as well, Richie, um, Curdles and whatnot are going to come up uh, maybe at spurts this year and then hopefully uh, next season maybe permanently. Yeah, being also being ranked in a third in that is uh, is something to to be really proud of for the, the management, how well they've managed the, the Ducks in these past few years. You know, being a contender and being having you know that high-ranked farm system, you know the the teams surrounding us, other than Tampa Bay, are all teams who are you know currently getting you know first-round top-five draft picks. You know the Edmonton Oilers, Calgary Flames, Buffalo Sabers. You know to to be a contender and be ranked among that is a testament of how well the the Ducks management has done in this past few years. And, you know, speaking about being a contender too, you know, uh, ESPN came out with uh, the uh, poll for. The West putting us behind L.A. and Chicago. I mean, not 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 a big surprise, obviously, with, you know, L.A. and Chicago being the two teams that squared off in the Western Conference Finals this year and last year. Um, you know, and the big deal, obviously, coming out of Chicago, they signed Kane and Tabes, eight years each, $84 million each. So they're going to be there a while in um, Chicago. And then, obviously, the Kings with their centers, uh, Kopitar, Richards, you know, it's it's going to be a battle. Uh, how do you see the Ducks coming out uh, amongst these three teams in the West? Yeah, I think with the announcement of those Kane and Taves uh, deals at about ten ten million plus per per year, I think it shows how well we you know how lucky we were to sign Ket, uh, Getzlaff and Perry to those long term deals so early because it just looks like the contracts are going to start you know moving towards those ten million a year uh, I mean, a year deals for stars. So, uh, you know, and then to just uh, talk about the depth, you know. Uh, we're gonna. I think we stack up pretty well now. We've we've picked up Kessler. Uh, we've got that one-two punch now, like a lot of teams have. You know, you know the Colorado Avalanche. They have a, if they sign Ryan O'Reilly, they got Matt Duchesne, Nathan McKinnon. Uh, you know, the Blues got Bacchus, Berglund, Stasny now. You know, Sharks have always had you know Thornton, Pavelski, Couture. You know, L.A. Obviously, that they showed their depth in the playoffs with Kopitar, uh, Carter, and Richard. So. You know, I think we're among that now. You just, you just see a lot of teams, you know, building that depth in the cent- in the center position. You know, Spezza went to, to Dallas. You know, they've got Spezza and Sagan. So I really think that's how you build a championship. You have depth on the center and you have quality goaltending. And I think the Ducks are in a great position in that way. 
you think the Ducks uh, make it to the Western Conference, or do you think they go all the way to the Stanley Cup next year? Um, it's going to be tough because of the new playoff system. We're going to have to play Pacific teams in the first uh, the first round, and arguably those are the best three teams in the West. If you you know put Chicago in that question too, we're going to play most likely you know maybe a Dallas again in the first round, depending if we finish first in the West. Uh, you know San Jose possibly LA second round we might play you know Chicago. You know then we got to play another you know top team in the in the in the Western Conference Finals. But I think you know. We've improved enough that I think we can do it. You know, we've we put up. You know, we 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 learned from our mistakes in that LA series. We brought in guys who we think we, you know, can fill our needs. Uh, we've lost a couple guys in Perot and Bernino who did well for us last season, but I think we we added size down the middle which we needed, and I think we can you know stack up and I, I think we make the Stanley Cup Finals. And I'm I'm really confident whoever we play in the in the Eastern Conference, they've got enough uh, you know ability to beat anybody in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, I. The Ducks definitely moved to the Western Conference this year with all the additions. Um, I, you know, even like we go back to that King series and we look at that first game, you know, and, and I don't want to harp on injuries and whatnot, but, you know, Robota's out that, that, that face off in the final, you know, 30, 40 seconds of the game. And they put in that, you know, goal, you know, you can say it's a lucky bounce or whatever it is with seven seconds left. But, you know, if things changed in that game, if we, uh, had a healthy robot us or say we had a Kessler in that took the face off at that time, you know, we probably, and, um, it's a close series. I'm not saying that we would have won the series automatically after that, but I think our chances would have been very, very good. And we go on to, uh, play Chicago and possibly beat them and go to the cup. So I, I think we were so close last year that all these moves we made this year have really catapulted us, uh, forward. And I think the ducks can definitely get to the Stanley cup. And I think if we, top center via some kind of a trade like we talked about in the next three months i really think um the ducks will be the team to beat in the west yeah you know a lot of people you know you look at the power rankings last year you know anaheim was ranked you know third for most of the season they you know popped around but we were first in the west for most of the season we finished first in the west we had a huge win streak for you know that home win streak we had and i don't really see how you know they put the Ducks below some of these teams? I get LA is a good team. They won the Stanley Cup. I get Chicago's a good team. But you can't forget, you know, Anaheim clinched the Western Conference last year by four points. I, I, you know, I don't. We kind of fly under the radar. I guess that's a good thing. But we'll have to see next season. I really think Anaheim's gonna have a really good chance of winning the Cup next year. Oh, definitely, definitely. Let's uh, just to uh, finish up here on our first uh, podcast. We'll talk about some of the news around the NHL as well. Um, you know, out of uh, Nashville, we've got uh, Mike Fisher that had an Achilles injury. It looks like he's going to be out uh, at least four months. Um, so that's going to be a devastating injury to Nashville. Yeah, uh, it's a team that really needs, you know, that that center, you know, depth. But they don't really have that now. And, you know, they've always needed a first-line center. Uh, there was rumors they went after Spezza. It didn't really work out. Spezza didn't want to go there. And now Mike Fisher going down just, you know, adds to that. And, you know, I've heard, you know, Joe Thornton might be a good uh, addition for them. If uh, there's been rumors he wants a, a move out of San Jose, you know, he he's always wanted that, you know, low-pressure situation. You know, when he moved to San Jose from Boston, it, you know, it was a, a low-pressure situation. Um, he might be looking for a move to Nashville now. That's, that's the situation in Nashville. And you know, he'd be a good fit there with James Neal coming in. But, yeah, it's definitely a devastating injury for the Predators. You know, you mentioned uh, Neil and, and the Pittsburgh Penguins, and uh, the latest news out of Pittsburgh is that uh, Sidney Crosby hurt his wrist uh, this past week, and they've been kind of hush-hush about it. Um, they haven't really said if he's going to have surgery or not. 
Uh, what do you think? You think he has surgery? You think he's going to miss a lot of time, or is it just some kind of a minor injury? Uh, I think it's really minor. Even if he does have surgery, uh, there's enough time before the season that he should be back. It's not a major surgery. Uh, you know, you could really see it though in the in the playoffs last year. He took a lot of flag from you know John, not just Pittsburgh fans. A lot of analysts out there were criticizing how he was playing in the playoffs, and he kind of did look off. But even you know, even if it wasn't affecting him then. Uh, I don't really think it's going to be an issue going into the season. You know, he still finished with 104 points in, in you know in the in the regular season, which was uh, miles ahead of anybody else. So uh, I really don't think it's going to be anything serious. And I I definitely think he's in the starting lineup uh, opening day for Pittsburgh. Definitely, definitely. You know, we'll just uh, wind up a little bit here. Uh, a little. Um, uh, if people haven't heard, uh, Brian Murray came down with uh, cancer. We don't know what type. He's the uh, current uh, GM with the Ottawa Senators. They're kind of keeping things uh, under the radar, which, you know, you have to respect. But, uh, you know, we talk about Bob Murray and all the things that he's done for the Ducks currently. But some of the younger fans and newer Ducks fans forget about, you know, Brian Murray. Um, He was the coach of the Ducks back in 2001, 2002. Uh, He was the GM 2002 to 2004. Uh, And and people forget, you know, in 2003, the Ducks uh, almost won it. We were one game away uh, under Brian Murray. Yeah, you know, he's the guy who's uh, he set up, you know, arguably the, the core of the Ducks right now. You know, he was the one who who drafted Getzlaff. He was the one who traded for the first-round pick that we drafted uh, Corey Perry with. You know, he's a... Uh, He's been looked on in a, in a bad light since he's gone to Ottawa, and it's not really his fault. You know, he's lost uh, to Alfredson because you know Alfredson wanted to win a cup. He's lost Jason Spezza recently because Jason Spezza wanted out. Those are really things you can't you can't you know you can't deal with when you're jamming. They're not your fault in a way. So you know he's got Eric Carlson. He's got a good uh, staff there in Ottawa, and I think he's he should be remembered for what a great job he's done. He's a great GM. Definitely, definitely, and uh, from myself and I know you and everybody else that. Ducks and the Pucks, we send our thoughts and wishes to Brian Murray, his family, and the uh, Ottawa Senators organization. Uh, This is going to wrap up our first podcast. Stay tuned. The next following uh, podcast, we're going to take questions from our fans and have answers for you. Um, We'll be doing that probably on a weekly basis. Thank you for listening. The Anaheim Ducks are the Stanley Cup champions.